Welcome to Cathode Ray Mission CRM. I am Randy Heyer coming to you live from Oklahoma City. And as with me, as always, with me, live via satellite, coming to you from Berkeley, California, Will Scoville. Hey, hey. How's it going, Randy? Good, man. I Intros are difficult. And I want to, you know, you want to come in with a, a bang. It's not even that kind of podcast where we have jokes and stuff, but the intro is a good place to do that. And this episode, we're getting, we're going country strong because I brought a guest this time. Woo-hoo. Although I know, Will, you are also from Oklahoma. And I, I meant to ask you guys before we started recording, but here we are. Do you know each other? You know Sam, at least. Kirsten. I know Sam. I don't think that Will and I have ever met. Yeah, I think I moved away before you came into my circle of friends. Yeah. Well, I've been today, going for like 13 years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, you okay, have. Yeah. yeah. So we have Kirsten Thurkelson from the Twilight, Twilight Podcast <laughs> and good friend of mine joining us. Hello, Kirsten. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Randy. What what movie are we uh, reviewing today? This week, where this was Kirsten's pick, we let some we let a guest pick. You, typically on this show, we let a guest pick one, and then we record one, have in the back pocket for later, where somebody else picks. But uh, this was a simple favor, directed, and I don't know if it was written by. I didn't do much research. Uh, but, it was actually, uh, it was not written by the guy who directed it. All right, but directed by Paul Feig, who has directed The Heat, Bridesmaids, um, that movie about kids at the airport, right? Didn't he do that, some movie? Uh, Unaccompanied uh, Minors? Yes. Uncom- isn't that, the, is that him? I don't know. All right. I don't know either. He did the Ghostbusters remake, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Yeah. Spy? Did I say that one? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. And also, he's the creator of Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Who was the writer on this this movie? Um. Hey, uh, all I remember is that it was um, based on a novel written by a woman and uh, converted into a screenplay by a different one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy Bell wrote the original novel and then Jessica Scharzer uh, adapted the screenplay. Thank one. you. Well... I tell you what, I found it, I thought it, I thought from the outside before I watched it that it was kind of him doing something different, Mm -hmm. but then watching it this time, or watching it, actually watching it, I guess, it fits in with all these movies because it is about a woman who is smart and capable, who gets into something and like, this is like, instead of being a cop or a spy or the maid of honor or a ghostbuster. It's about solving a mystery. She's basically like a sleuth. This is like a, a total mom. mystery movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I just like, I was surprised at what this movie was from the advertising. I think the advertising must've done this a huge disservice. Cause I didn't know anything about it really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Kirsten, uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of outline the high points of the plot and how you came across this movie? 
Um, so I came across this movie. Wow. Uh, I saw this movie in theaters actually, and I oh, don't wow. remember mm. why. Uh, I think I just, I must've seen a preview back when in the before times you could just go see movies all the time. I used to go see so many movies in theater. And so I would be exposed to a lot of, you know, different, uh, different trailers for things. And that was one that I got really excited about. Cause I was just like, what the heck is this going to be? And I think, I think it maybe wound up being one of those movies that was really heavy, heavily advertised like towards women. So I must have seen it mm. before something that was another like really like female heavy movie, but I don't remember for sure. Um, but that's how I got into it. And I remember the first time that I went and saw it, I was like, I don't know if I thought that was a good movie, but now I can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So That's kind of, that was kind of my reaction to it as well. Um, it was really compelling and it kind of like kept me paying attention to it. I'm mm -hmm. like, what, what's going to happen? I don't know if I like these characters or not, but like, right. I'm really interested in what happens to them. Yes. Um, which is, I don't know, usually in movies, I hate both the characters and wish they would, their story would end. But this one, I was just like, okay, okay, okay. Which is funny because the, these characters are a, like a little bit hateable, like mm -hmm. in, in at times in points, <laughs> you know, they're even like Stephanie, who's our like protagonist is she's kind of, I don't know, she's really pushy and like, you know, she's too much. And like, she's just like so enthusiastic that like anyone is talking to her at all. Uh, mm -hmm. So she's like a little, she's a little pent up in that way, I guess. Yeah. And I guess kind of like for, for anyone listening who hasn't seen kind of the, the, the main plot of this, I mean, there's so many things that kind of go on in this. Yeah. I would say also be aware that we're going to talk about like a lot of the fun of this movie is not knowing about what's about to happen and shit. And this, we're just right. going to have to talk about it. It's a mystery movie, you know, it's a good mystery, but be aware if and, you don't want that room for you, don't listen to what we're going to talk about now. And essentially what it is, is Anna Kendrick is, a like kind of like domestic uh, vlogger and through her vlog and i imagine the novel is probably set like these are blog entries and they just made it a vlog for the movie i'm just guessing that is this the second um, movie we've done that has this as a framing device like me like me is oh, yeah, yeah, another yeah. movie we did yeah we need to keep a tally of this modern movies <laughs> anyway um so she's kind of like unraveling the story of a friend who has gone missing and has kind of tells the story of how she met this friend who is played by Blake Lively and their kids go to school together. And Anna Kendrick is a single mom, her, her, uh, husband and father. No, her father died. Her husband and her half brother died together in a car wreck. So she's lost basically all these people in her life. Um, and she has a young son, gets connected with um, Blake Lively, and somehow, despite her being very off-putting, they become really good friends and then start revealing a lot to each other. But Blake Lively has a secret, it seems, and suddenly disappears. And Anna Kendrick kind of unravels who she is throughout the rest of the movie. And that is kind of what is really interesting because she does become kind of a detective character versus like this domestic vlogger. Um, I didn't know Anna Kendrick way. that well. I know she's like kind of a big person. She sings cups. 
Am I wrong uh-huh. about the title? <laughs> what? Yeah, no, she's uh, she's she's big famous. She she's done she's done some some good like comedies and stuff like that. But she's like she's big famous for. Uh, oh my god! And now I can't even think of the name of those movies. Pitch the, Perfect. Uh, Pitch Perfect. Yeah, the the like Glee style movies because oh, she is funny and can also sing really well. She was extremely good. Her comic timing was. I was very. She's very funny with her in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. I I feel like she plays kind of the same type of character a lot. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I think this is one where it fit one hundred percent. I fully uh, expected. Sorry, sorry. Oh, now, go ahead. Uh, I fully expected there to be like some kind of like, but actually, I'm a brutal killer. Like some <laughs> twist, you know, like a lesser movie would have done that. And I was very yeah. thankful that. It didn't go super, it didn't twist it super dark, like become like very bad things or some shit at the end, you know, like it stayed, her character is pretty much like, you sort of feel like it could turn, you know, but her character Mm -hmm. is pretty much giving you who she is on the surface, you know. She's a target mom. Yeah. 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 She is a good person ultimately. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I liked I liked this movie a lot. I liked that. It, I just like a good mystery. And this is the kind of movie that I'm like, man, why don't they make this kind of movie anymore? It's like, well, cause I didn't go see this in theaters, you know? <laughs> well, and I mean, her character is definitely a little bit supposed to be kind of the rube, right? Like she is supposed to be the, the person that like gets the wool pulled over her eyes and everything, but she's actually, she turns out to be a lot smarter than you think. And a lot more, um, a lot more capable yeah, and resourceful. And I think that that fits 100% into her character because, um, it, from, you know, from the very beginning, she is this character who is like kind of pushy and getting what she wants. So if there's a problem, she has to be the one who solves it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, of course, when her friend, her, her new, her new best friend goes missing, she's going to find it. She's going to figure out what happened to her when everyone else is giving up. Um, because that, that is who she is. Um, and Randy kind of to your point of her, you know, not making her like a killer or anything. She does kind of get the upper hand at some <laughs> point during this, but is doing it in a, in a way that does not go against the character that they establish at the very beginning of the, mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, which I thought was great. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, this one is like, I don't, I'm trying not to give away too much of this movie, but it's like, I mean, we, I gave a big disclaimer at the beginning we can kind of freely talk about, like, I want to freely talk about some of the stuff. Cause like, there's like this whole incest plot Uh and, uh, I don't know. It was like, when you see that dude, it's the guy from Shit's Creek. It's uh, Ted. Oh, is that what he's in? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And he's okay. also, he plays the dummy who uh, Jason Bateman f- hires to like have sex with his wife in, in uh, Extract. Extract. Okay. And he's just like. Isn't, a, he, isn't he also in Shark Night? Uh, I mean, I, what has is, anybody seen that I movie except me? Okay, never mind. Is, what is it? <laughs> what is Shark Night? Oh, it's a it's one of those dumb um, made to be bad, like could have been on sci fi channel style movies. Gotcha. I have never yeah. watched any of those. 
actually. I haven't either. I haven't seen Sharknado or... No, my mom is always like watching Sharknado 5, you know, and it's like... They're good for tuning out, too. They're like, I don't want to think about literally anything and I don't want to pay half of my attention to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only time I've seen that, it was on... I was in Portland at a bar and they had it on and I was just... Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect situation. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. If I found myself in a situation where it's like we're watching Sharknado, I'd be like, all right, let's do it, you know, but... (laughs) In terms of, especially this year, so much of me being at home alone where I'm my own boss, and when that's the case, it's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm not really, I do find, I have to find time to like watch things. And this is a great, I love this, doing this podcast because Will picks movies, the guests pick movies. So it forces me to like get out of my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And I love this. And like, I just feel like, a tweak of the marketing would have got me my butt in the seat at the theater mm-hmm. to see this movie, maybe twice. Like I, I really liked it a lot. I'm probably gonna watch it again. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. I just thought um, I like mysteries, and this was yeah. a good, a good. It wasn't the best mystery, but it was a. It does beyond keep you yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't know what you. You definitely like don't know where we're going with this. No. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, I think I ended up watching the trailer. I watched like uh, this movie and our next movie in the same night um, because I was done with uh, the other movie. And then I was like, I will just check this out and see what it's all about. And I watched the trailer and I'm like, oh, shit, that looks really good. Maybe I'll just start watching it. And then I ended up just watching the whole thing. Um, I never saw the trailer, though. I never heard about this movie marketing just you know all i get is ads for superhero movies and then i don't watch tv uh, like broadcast tv so it just everything just passed me up it was not marketed to me at all and i think that's a disservice because i may have seen this earlier if i had seen an ad for it i think that the thing that hooked me the most like that got me out to the theater um is okay Uh, First of all, I love both of those actresses. I mean, I grew up watching Gossip Girl. I was in that sort of time of my youth. Um, And uh, it was just, and I'm trying to think, I know that I've seen other movies that are like this, but it's just like, okay, so we have a comedy director and at least one comedy actress. This movie does not look like a comedy and it's not being sold to me really as a comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, what is this? Like, this is so strange, but that was what got me interested. To me, it does look like it did look like a comedy. The way it was shot, it was not. It was like very kind of flat lighting, colorful stuff, and it was mm-hmm. very much. It very much fit her uh, Anna Kendrick's character's aesthetic uh, as like a domestic uh, vlogger. And when and, I say comedy, I mean like a jokey comedy. Yes. Yeah, I think well, there even, is recently too more of a distinction where we all think of like something super outlandish, like the house is a comedy, you know, with the Will Ferrell mm-hmm. movie where they turn their house into a casino. Like that's a comedy mm-hmm. and calling like a Whit Stillman movie, a comedy people are like, no, it's a drama. Cause they just, yeah. you know, I, you know what I mean? So like this mm-hmm. lays in between those and yeah, in my opinion, I mean, it was, it, this was a comedy slash mystery anyway. Sorry, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, ahead. it was a darker comedy. Darker, yeah, for sure. And I think that, no worries. And it was just like, um, no, I think it, 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 it played it uh, enough of a, I think if it went too far in the other direction, if it got too like grisly or anything, I don't know. I just would, I probably would have tuned out a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like the comedy and kind of keeping um, Anna Kendrick focused on her character and kind of mm-hmm. making sure that she didn't betray that character at all. 
mm-hmm. through the entire movie. Like even when she's kind of like doing her double cross thing, you know, near the end of the movie, it is still kind of in a way that she would have done it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it, it's a surprisingly good mix of like kind of everything and kind of what I mentioned earlier, like Paul Feig, I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge fan. I'm kind of like, sometimes he makes something that I'm like, okay. Um, I didn't enjoy the Ghostbusters thing mostly because I don't think I would have enjoyed any Ghostbusters thing. (laughs) Fair. Point in time. That's kind of. I liked it. I thought it was all right. I, I thought know. I felt like the Ghostbusters remake was more for the kids, like not that not to call it like a kids movie, but it's like, I don't know if you're going to do a remake of something so iconic. It's just like you just pretty much have to accept that, like, oh, this is like for the younger generation yeah, to I mean, grow up with, I guess. I mean, very quickly, my thing with it is that, like, I think you had a chance, especially with that cast, to do something really cool within the universe they had already created and they kind of decided not to. They bungled and, it for sure with yeah, the cast. Yeah. They should have switched I, up the roles, obviously. Like yeah. they have the one black actor playing like the work, the blue collar role, just like in their yeah. earlier movies. It's like, like Dingus, just switch it up. Duh. You know, like what yeah. are we doing here? Why do, do something we, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I heard yeah. or I read somewhere that that was Melissa McCarthy was supposed to play that role and it got switched up. Perfect. I know that would have been much better, I think, and then have um, Wesley Jones play. Just switch the roles. Just yeah. I don't know. I love all the, the like people research in assistant it. or whatever. Yeah, or anything really. Yeah, just kind of like I don't know. Again, the caster's right for something. It's just everything else was not. They should have just called it Ghostbusters Three and been like, "I'm Ray's daughter," you know, or what? Yeah, like just something stupid like that would have been better than what it was. But yeah. that said. I didn't hate it. I mean, I I'm as likely to watch that one again as I am any of the freaking Ghostbusters yeah, movies. Yeah, to be same here. honest with you guys. So, so. Um, well, cool. Uh, so do we want to get into? I got a little bit Wait, confused. We kind of got oh, sidetracked. Go we I wanted to talk about how there's incest in this movie. Oh yes. Go oh ahead. yeah. And it's just <laughs> we like touched on that. I like how it's like. It's just salacious enough, you know, it's just turned just enough for like mom and dad to go out and have like a good time. Like, oh, yeah, the, this is like the kind of movie like if you look at movies released in theaters, 1992, it's just like an embar- rated R movies. It's like an embarrassment of riches, you know, and like mm-hmm. I am now <laughs> I'm like dad age. I'm not a dad, but you know what I mean? I'm like I'm like 35. I'm about to be 36 in like two weeks. So, um. I want good R-rated movies that have money behind them, you know, that people, I don't know. This movie, this is what this seemed like to me, you know. It's Mm -hmm. it's my fault, like I said, for not going to see it. But then it's their fault for not making me aware of what this movie was, I guess. It was just, like, the thing I saw most for it was on IMDb, you know, like, it makes, like, a whole skin of, like, Mm -hmm. something that's advertising. And that was something I was like, what what even is this movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And I never found out until the other day when I watched it. And I liked (laughs) it a lot. Um, I I think it's, I don't know if this is a new trend, but incest is, like, I see that a lot more. (laughs) Would you say it's hot right now? I would say it's hot right now. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing to kind of put in a lot of stuff. Yes. I think that there's a lot of this movie that is toying with like 
French, like specifically like French, like <laughs> art film tropes, which like, I mean, it's mm. a big enough deal that like Arrested Development made fun of it, right? Mm. With their little bit of like Le Cousin Dangereux mm. or whatever being like the French film about the cousins oh, yeah, yeah, sleeping yeah, together. Yeah. But mm. um, that was kind of my read on that. And yeah, the fact that it's just like, it's just trying to be like just just sexy enough just mm -hmm. like yeah oh this is a little dangerous like yeah. i mean it's just it also is that that happens to anna kendrick that is a big secret that she reveals yeah and then is something that blake lively's character has on her like going forward and it's just like shit and that part is um, that car crash we'll just get into it guys they show this car they show the car crash that you find out later is her husband and her brother that she's like sleeping with both of them, basically. She's had a relationship yeah. with both of them sexually. Um, that's them dying. And like the way they filmed that car crash is like so beautiful. Like mm -hmm. I was taken aback at how good it looked, honestly. I really love how a lot of this film is edited, actually. I agree. Yeah. Yes. The way that they sort of like cut back and forth and like hint at things that you're not going to learn about how they actually went down until the future. Because you see you see the car crash before mm -hmm. you see them driving away. It's super early, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I mean, you, it's, yeah. it's that slow reveal that you know her, that, yeah, her, her husband and brother died in the same crash, but you don't know what the, why they were in the car together. The you inciting know. incident. Yeah, mm -hmm. you didn't know that there, it's like, you hear that it's like okay yeah your brother and your husband would be in a car together that's not a weird thing mm -hmm. at all that's normal but the reason they were in the car together is not they were going to have a talk and was it on purpose or not well and so because of that i mean you know when she has her kind of breakdown a little bit later and she's like it's my fault i did this like she really holds herself accountable for the fact that they were in that car together yeah, yeah. And then there's also the question of whether or not her son is, uh -huh. you know, who is the father of her son? Is it her Yikes. brother or is it her husband? Yeah. Um, which is also a question that comes up right before that car crash. Uh, so that I don't think is ever resolved. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is ever answered. Nope. Um, but I don't then, think she gets to know and I don't think she wants to know, honestly. So. Yeah, honestly. I don't, I think it, leaving that up in the air is like, I kind of like that. I don't think that should ever be resolved. No. But then there's the other thing about her getting involved with Blake Lively's husband after she... Immediately! Is, yeah. Um, but, hey, she's dead. In their minds, that's what I, I'm thinking. It's like, well, what can you do? It's like, you know, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? If I'm dead, I don't want anyone to feel like I control. Once I'm dead, I'm dead. Like, I have no power now. Like, you know, mm -hmm. so that's just maybe my beliefs creeping into, I feel like, well, and if I was Blake Lively, spoiler alert, she's alive and she's mad that they fuck and stuff. Right. Um, I would be like, well, this was my plan. Like, kind of like Jason Bateman, ultimately in the extract, he's not, he doesn't, he can't be really be mad about it because it's like his plan. It backfired, right. but it's like. Extract is a good movie. It's that's off topic <laughs> completely, but um, the kind of the I'd love to do that movie. Though. That's like a hidden, a hidden yeah. gem. That's a good one. But um, I don't know. Well, I'm sorry, guys. I derailed. No, us. I mean, I mean, it's just kind of like where Blake what are we talk? Where are we at? I mean, Blake Lively like set up the the whole thing when they were revealing secrets to each other. Yes, 
when she says like, oh, I had a three-way with my husband and someone else. And so putting it in Anna Kendrick's head that, okay, they're kind of somewhat freaky like that. I can tell her about my brother, my half brother. Uh, but then when she's gone, it's just like, okay, well, this handsome dude is open. You know, I'm, I'm helping them out. Well, I think that Stephanie is really enamored of Emily and also just like her entire life. Right. Yes. So, I mean, there's like a little bit of like almost like a single white female element of like, you know, yes. that, that they're willingly, they are friends. Like she gets to spend time with this person, but she is a little bit obsessed with her and a little bit obsessed mm -hmm. with her life. And so, you know, when she turns up dead in the lake, it's just like, oh, well, you know, like, Maybe I can kind of like, I don't even know that it's like a necessarily a thing that she like consciously decides, but she's just like, I can't leave this person's life alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't stay away. Like, this is just too good. And like, honestly, well, cause I, I watched, uh, I watched this movie last night with my boyfriend Griffin and, um, he was like, when she's like trying on her clothes in the closet yes. and everything. And he's like, that's creepy. Like she's yeah. being yeah. creepy. And I was just like, yeah, but I would. <laughs> do that like <laughs> yeah she's dead i mean yeah that's, that's you got to keep that in mind anna kendrick and then, fully believes that she's dead at that of course point, so. you know that has to go on and like somewhat incriminate her because the cop shows up to like ask her questions mm -hmm. as she's like in this dress that is very visibly not her size <laughs> uh she can't unzip or, it yeah she, and she can't get out of it and uh that's a really uh, that that is a really delightful little comedy moment. It was it's funny. just like, well, of course, yeah. now he thinks that she's got like a motive or whatever because she's just like sliding into her life so easily. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, thank you for bringing that. I was going to mention that as well. Just that whole scene of her getting stuck in that dress uh, as the cop show, as the detective shows up. It really is like her kind of at that point of like uh, really because she, as much as she got to know Blake Lively's character she didn't really get to know uh, because she is so secretive. And a lot of it is like her trying to figure her out and in doing so kind of becomes her <laughs> almost mm -hmm. or tries to take her place at least kind of not consciously. And um, so that scene especially is her like also coming to the realization of what she's doing. And she stops, real time as well. I think. Yeah. yeah. Which is the difference. But yeah, I think she's such a lonely person. It's sort of set up that she's so kind of like alpha mom that she has no friends, even though she's a friendly person. She's just too mm -hmm. intimidating. She's people. so much. And she's so much all the time. Her. Yeah. And there's, um, I liked all those, the three, there's like the three funny moms. Well, one of them's mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. a man, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, and they're all like, I don't know. It was the Greek chorus <laughs> at the very end when the the dad um, in the group he's like the one who like stops her or whatever. I was like, why is it him? Like that's not yeah. earned. I thought that was weird. That like, was a weird. We just saw them movie. being like, because there's like this whole part where <clears throat> she's like, oh, I've told the cops to go to a different house, and it shows them bust in on the other moms hanging out, and yeah. like, and then all of a sudden. He's the one that runs over Blake. Light. I don't know. I'm getting ahead of this is a big time spoiler. So I, I warned you behind back there, listener. If you're here yeah. now and you're mad at me, this is it. <laughs> this is this is we're at the moment now. But uh, I thought that it was is, weird. 
but it is moments like that that sort of chip away at how much I want to like this film. And I do. I like this film. I just it's it, yeah. it, it makes me question if it's really a good film or not, because it's just like there are those awkward little moments of like, why did they do it? Like trips you up in your brain for some reason. Like, yeah. yes. why would you do it that way? I mean, I think that Greek chorus, um, those folks there are like, that is something that is, that resembles, uh, Uh-oh. would see in, I don't know, like a bridesmaids or something. You would have these kind of secondary characters who are kind of describing and watching everything happen, kind of unfold and being like, well, can you believe that? Not like our lives are any better. And then, you know, they'll show up in another 15, 20 minutes. Um, but I also kind of liked them. I think that was they were a good breath of fresh air, like coming in and kind of describing everything. And, and also showing how Anna Kendrick's character is changing by how they're reacting to her throughout the film. And, you know, at first kind of rejecting her, making fun of her, accepting that she has really had some sort of loss and that she's actually a good person to, oh shit, like this is really fucked up. Um, we're totally on her side now. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting take on that. And I don't think they were used too much. And I don't think the slapstick in this, when it did show up, was over the top no. either. And I think that kind of kept everything grounded. And I will say, yeah, one of them is Aparna Nanshirla. I had to look her name yeah. up. She's a really good Twitter follow if anyone's on She Twitter. is. Yeah, she, I had I had watched this and then I do a show like 12th, uh, we're doing a Zoom now, but uh, it's called Talkies. And she was on that Friday after I watched this movie. So she was a uh, yeah. like, big guest on the show. She was on that show. Um, and she's been on that show a few times. Yeah, she's on Corporate, which is another great show. Um, she's really funny. I've, uh, she's she's come to the Bay Area a lot. Um, so give her a follow. She's also in the uh, Dan Deacon Sat by a Tree video. Oh, really? There's bugs nice. crawling all over. It's really cool. Um, Wild. Yeah. <laughs> another thing uh, I didn't like about this movie, since we were like talking about the ending and stuff, uh, the Animal House-esque Stephanie went on to do that. It's like, don't, yeah. don't oh, yeah, do this. That was, that was a little bit it strange. Just, it should have cut on her doing her vlog credits. You know, mm -hmm. it's like sometimes people just don't know how to end movies. And I feel like yeah. Paul Feig is guilty here or whoever. <laughs> well, and it's not like they're, <laughs> it's not like they're graduating college, no. you know, which is like an appropriate time to give a, this is how these people's lives turned out. It's like, we've pretty much closed the book on this, actually. Yeah, like, I don't care at all. <laughs> I mean, you could have, I don't know, like, depending on how well this movie uh, did, you could, I don't know, take care of that in a sequel or something. I would watch mm -hmm. at least one more of these. Of a... Of Stephanie solving other people's yeah. crimes. Yeah. Oh sure. my God. I wish they would do because I don't know if you saw this, but they're somehow they're making a new Kenneth Branagh Poirot movie. Like it's yes. not Jewel of the Nile, it's Murder on the Nile or something like that. I did see that they're doing that. Oh great. And did you see Orient Express? <laughs> well, I did, and I think and I was like I was talking to somebody, and of course, this is, I feel like every conversation I have lately is like this, where I was like, I can't believe they're making it because every everybody hated the other one. And he goes, I didn't hate it. 
I'm like, all right, man. That's you know, why. it's like, <laughs> it's like. It was but, a movie, and I don't even remember what I just like. Literally, it was so unmemorable to me that I don't even remember all the reasons that I disliked it. Like, yeah. I just don't ever feel like visiting it again. This movie, <laughs> this is a better movie than that one is. Uh huh. But at the same time, going to that movie, I was like, well, this is a mystery, and it's made for adults. I feel like it feels like a prestige Christmas time movie to me. Uh huh. And I really liked that element of it. Just yeah. like snow and trains and Kenneth Branagh's like mixing it up <laughs> and whatever, you know, like I, I did enjoy it, but that said, I liked simple favor better, but I like mystery movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, God damn it. I, I like, um, a recent movie. I mean, I, I'll, I'm just going to say this now cause I already brought it up, but we'll get into more after we come back with our recommendations or whatever, but the bad times at the El Royale is another movie uh, I, I thought was great. One. And I didn't see it until it was on TV. And I was like, well, damn, you know, I wish I could. I did see that movie. Did you? Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess my problem with that movie <laughs> is, uh, mainly just how long it is. <laughs> Yeah, because I think that it could have been. I think it could have been a little snappier, and I think it would have done the film a lot of service. To you're probably not wrong about that. It's over two hours, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's no reason for that. But that said, I thought it was a good time. We can get into that later when we come back for the big roundup. But simple favor, basically, I liked it. We'll talk about our yeah. rating later. What? I guess. Huh? Why don't we go ahead then and take a break? Yeah. And we'll come back for the big roundup. All right. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. Hey, everybody. My name's Dane. And I'm Jimmy. And our podcast is called Bubbling Questions. We do would you rathers from listeners and a Twitter bot. Along with one person game shows using ridiculous stuff we find on the internet. Like, what kind of ridiculous are we talking? <laughs> I shall not tell you. Okay. All from our very real hot tub. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very real. Uh, not a gimmick at all. <laughs> Find bubbling questions wherever you get podcasts. And I'm Jimmy. <laughs> We're back with the big roundup. We need to add in. We're going to, I think maybe when we hit, shit? when we hit like episode 40, <laughs> I'll, I'll suddenly have all this like music that I've been 
in my brain, I've been like, oh, I need to do some music stuff for <laughs> the podcast. And the, it will just sound completely different for 40 more episodes, you know. Sweet. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But then welcome to the big roundup. Cathode Ray Mission. I'm Randy Heyer. Welcome back. Uh, I'm going to kick it to our guest, Kirsten. Give us your rating, one out of five, or zero to five stars for a simple favor. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll give it what I gave it on Letterboxd, which is, I think it's like a three and a half star. I think it's got, you know, it's got some issues, but it's, uh, it's really fun, I think. Um, and it's, if you especially like mystery movies, I think it's a really interesting one. So wait, did you give it three or what? What'd you say? Can, can, um, are we allowed half stars? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Three and a half. For me personally. Sorry. I just like said I missed it. My brain deleted that information <laughs> immediately. <laughs> All right. Three and a half out of five. Big Willie style. Give me your rating. Uh, I gave this one also on Letterboxd. I gave it a, a three star. So uh, not quite that half, uh, mostly due to, I think, it being about 20 minutes too long. By the end, I was just kind of like, all right. Wrap How it. long did um, this one clock at? I think it was a little over two hours. Isn't it two uh, hours? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe 15, 10, 15 minutes shaved off could have um, tightened this up quite a bit and bumped it up. I don't know, a half star. Uh, but overall, good. Um, I recommend shit to people at work on our Monday morning calls. And I'm like, yeah, go see this. And I said, Blake lively and, uh, people started laughing and I'm like, look, I don't really know who she is because I didn't have any exposure to her and she was fine in the movie. I don't know so, anything about Blake lively at all. I know more about I, Anna Kendrick because yeah. she's in like Joe Swanberg movies and stuff. Yeah. It just, <laughs> I had zero baggage coming in. So I like whatever people's opinion of her might be, I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just based on this movie, she was, you know, good enough and quite good. I mean, quite good actually. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I really recommend this. It, it's, um, light enough that I think, just about anybody can step into it and be interested in it. Um, it's not up its own ass uh, at all. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a good general like mystery uh, without being too condescending. I Wonderful. Yes, I'm going to echo everybody's review and give it three and a half stars myself. I really liked it. I. It's a good mystery. It's rated R movie, but it's not. I mean, I feel like you could recommend this. Like, my mom would, like, probably love this movie, honestly. Yeah. I'll tell her about it, see see what happens. I bet <laughs> she'll probably watch it and like it a lot. I mean, it reminded me, it seemed like, I kept thinking, like, if this was made in the 80s, this movie would star, like, Dudley Moore, you know, or something. I guess, like maybe. that. Well, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, some kind of movie like this where it's, like, it's sort of like a light comic, like mystery where there's murder, but not really. And somebody gets shot, but like nobody dies. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, okay. Maybe so Dudley Moore is like a bad example, but like, it's just like, okay. you know I'll what I'm saying? You, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. of a, movie, a movie that exists that's kind of like this. Um, and sorry to bring him up, but uh, Woody Allen's Manhattan murder mystery. Um, which ends like a uh, lady from Shanghai and a house of mirrors and stuff. And it's got him and Diane Keaton in it. Mm -hmm. uh, just a, 
a regular annoying couple living in a co-op in New York who gets involved in. I've seen that movie, but only like once maybe it's okay. It's one of his okay movies. Um, and, uh, just, it's mostly him and Diane Keaton being super annoying. Um, but in the can be charming Woody Allen way, Mm -hmm. um, again, not, not saying you should, uh, support Woody Allen at all, but sometimes he does make a good movie. Um, so, so go on the your, pirate bay and steal <laughs> that shit. Say, pirate his movies. Do, make sure. do a do a small crime. Yeah, go ahead and get a zip of Woody Allen's movies and watch <laughs> a couple of them and toss them into the night. Piracy yep. is a victimless crime. I'll yes. say it. And I will say, especially any, the Woodman. He's taken yeah. so much. He's he's like gonna be dead in like any minute now. He he. Honestly, doesn't really probably deserve to live. He's so old. It's just like you're just taking up space now, friend. You uh, know, and I will especially say, especially given your crimes, you motherfucker. You know. But that I said, love- I love I loved Woody Allen when I was a teenager. Oh, I could yeah, tell yeah. you anything about Woody Allen, honestly. And I want to say something on piracy. Generally, I don't support it all the time, especially when we're dealing with like uh, independent uh, creators. Uh, but uh, and and also. Making a movie is a big project. A lot of people are involved. But that being said, if you're making a movie with Woody Allen, you should know better. Um, So uh, Pirate Away. And pirating something that is owned by a major studio, especially something that is like old as shit. It's like there should be laws, I think. I mean, I wish that we were more like Canada or any other country that like would like fund the arts and stuff mm-hmm. like that you know so like something becomes public domain eventually because it's like why is like terminator 2 should be just like public american <laughs> domain you know what i mean jurassic park should be a public domain movie at this point especially mm-hmm. jaws should def been public domain years ago decade ago anyway that's my two cents on that shit <laughs> How much money these people need, you know? It's like, it's kind of our right, I think, to ha- it's part of our culture, you know? It should just be free to everyone via, yeah. like, the Library of Congress. Like, it's, like, better than that. It's, like, an actual, like, you know, it's, like, Amazon, but it's this government, basically, funded. Mm-hmm. I don't hey, know. PSA, donate to your, lo- your local library. Yeah. yeah listeners. <laughs> yeah, how about that? For sure. The library uh, re- is a pretty good place. Anyway, recommendations. Randy, what, uh, recommendations do you have? Recommendations. Well, a movie I keep thinking about that I'm gonna have to watch soon because I bought it. I bought the DVD, and then it was in the middle of the movie. It's like I can't play this disc. And yeah. I took it back, and then like six months later, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" The name of the rose is what I'm about to say. I was like, "Oh, the name of the rose, sweet." And I bought this DVD, and I watched it. And halfway through, it was like, "I can't play this disc." I'm pretty sure it's the same disc. Like I bought the same <laughs> broken disc twice. I'm going to throw it away this time. I'm just not even taking it back. I just don't want that to happen to anyone. The Name of the Rose. Sean Connery, Christian Slater, monks, going into a monastery to solve a murder mystery. And there's all sorts of, you know, creepy, weird people. It's a monastery, like, and I don't know when it takes place, like, the 15th century maybe or something. Okay, so it's not like... 20th century monks. No, it's like okay. horses. And it's Inquisition times, okay. I believe. Yeah, no, it is. Because there's like stake burnings and F. Marie Abraham is in it as sort of like a villain. He comes in like 
it's like a two plus hour. It's a two plus hour movie that earns it. It's based on a novel by Umberto Eco. I think I'm saying that name right. And it's like, um, it's just like a super, super good movie directed by Jean-Jacques Anode. Another name I'm probably mispronouncing <laughs> the fuck out of, but he directed Quest for Fire and oh, yeah. The Bear, I believe. But he's a, it's a, it's a really good movie with Sean Connery and it fucking rocks. Excellent. If That's the French wanted us, if the French wanted us to be able to say their names properly, they wouldn't make it so. Yeah, he's actually yeah. he's actually Quebecois, I believe. Oh, so oh okay. Yeah. I may be wrong about that too. French Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Hey, do you, uh, do you guys Kirsten, watch that movie, The Bear? Do you remember that movie? I've never seen The Bear. I know what you're talking about, though. Is this this movie that we? I just like was the right age where I had to see. I saw it in theaters like goddamn like three times. Really? And on video a ton of times. And I didn't like it though. It's just a movie that I kept getting put in front of. I was like, fuck this movie. It has no talking in it. It's just bears mm -hmm. running around. <laughs> as sort of a storyline. The bear eats mushrooms and like has a trip and shit. But it's just like, I don't know. I'd like to watch it now, but as a kid, I hated it. Anyway. Sorry, recommendations from Kirsten now. Apologies. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So I'm. I, I've. I've got a couple. Is that okay? No, please. Uh. So, I mean, this film. If you, <laughs> if you like mysteries and you like this kind of film about like bad people trying to get away with with things, uh, Gone Girl, I feel like, is a really obvious companion to to this movie. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, as far as, you know, a mystery that is not quite what it seems, uh, that's extremely worth your time, I would say is probably, you know, not to disparage the movie that we just watched and, you know, all seems to kind of like, but I it it's kind of 10 times the movie that this is. It's extremely good. Mm. Um, and then... Another one that I think would uh, would would go well with this, or rather, you know, has a little bit in common with this, is uh, whenever you were saying if this movie had been made in the '80s, who it would who would be in it. Um, you ever seen Death Becomes Her? Oh yeah. I in think you theaters. could just take. I think you could just take the cast of Death Becomes Her and cast them in this movie in the 80s and i think it would work perfectly oh hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> all three like all three of the main leads um but uh that's another movie that's also like it it strikes a weird tonal chord of being like really dark but also like kind of funny yeah but, that, uh, i love I, that I movie I have a weird thing about Robert Zemeckis. I was going to say, this is probably the only time you'll ever hear me recommend a Zemeckis film, truly. Did he direct just, that movie? He yeah, did. He directed. Whoa. Man, sometimes that guy will knock it out of the park. Most of the time, it's just a big special effects movie that sucks. Uh, and then there's Wolf, which actually look. Like, um, <laughs> nobody else seems to like that movie, but I'm like, no, dude, it's good. And, which like, one? Beowulf. Beowulf. Uh, and it's not, I went and saw it in 3D and it's just like. I did too, God. Um, the animation is weird, but like the story is surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, it, with done differently, it would have been a great movie, but I, I think it's like there's enough in there. I think it's mostly the script that I really like. Um, I saw it in 3D. I was impressed by how it looked and stuff. Like the 3D, not the, the uncanny valley of his, the way he 
animates uh, Polar Express and Beowulf and all those movies. But the 3D was like very forward thinking. And also I keep I brought this up now, I think three times. I think we're going to have to do it. The walk. I thought the walk was one of the most amazing 3D experiences ever. It was like unbelievable. Have you seen that, Kirsten? Where they, uh-uh. it's the um, it's the movie. It's like the movie version of Man on on a Wire about that French guy who walked That's, on the tightrope. I rope. do know about this. I know about this. I never saw this, but okay, now nah, that's ringing a bell for sure. And I'm like, I'm I very mean, afraid of heights and shit, and it just rocked my nerves. It just, and it it was really good. I loved it. I thought it was like an amazing I mean, experience. Honestly, if, if any movie is made for 3D, it's is something like that. And kind of using that technology to do exactly that. Um, I'm not going to get to see it in three, probably, but whatever. No. Um, okay, but <laughs> wait. I don't know if I can do Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a weird with a weird French accent. He's he sells it. I'm I'm a JGL that. apologist though. I like JGL. I like that guy. Hey, you know I what? Like too. Another wreck. Um, Brick. Brick is a good mystery. Brick is good. Ryan Johnson. Indeed. His first. Think. I'm also, a fake movie because I've never seen Brick. It's, it's okay. It's different. I've only seen it like three times, and it's just like uh, it's not one I'm gonna pop on uh, at any given time. It's just like I gotta be ready for it. I found it. I a, need to watch it. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Don't read anything about it. Let it all be a surprise because it's just a mystery. Like this is. It's like mm-hmm. a little bit darker. It's a good movie. It is straight up like. Clearly, Ryan Johnson was watching Miller's Crossing a bunch and was like, I'm going to make this, but set in a high school, like in, in mm. like modern times. But the kids will talk yeah. weird and it will just yeah. be what it is, you know? I think by the time he did Looper, he had calmed down enough to tell a really good story. I really like that movie. Looper is good. Like, uh, yeah. Um, okay, I got one more recommendation. It's a TV show. Uh, it's called Search Party. Uh, I think it's on TBS. I want to um, see that show. Damn it! It's my it, mom it, keeps telling me I would like it. It's a slow burn, and it is. It does the exact same thing this movie does, but through like two seasons. Of, it's got Aaliyah Shawkat and John Early. Dude from Dude from Office Space. His name, the main guy in all what? space. Oh. Yeah, he's in it. What's his name? He's not in like anything. He's in like, yeah, he's he doesn't Ron Livingston. Ron yeah, Livingston. Just, thank you, Livingston. That's right. Yeah. You know what he was in that I liked a lot? King of the Ants. It's a Stuart Gordon movie. One? He's in King of the Ants. Yeah, he has a small but impactful Sweet. role in that movie. Anyway, cool. we should probably just wrap it up. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm uh, rambling on uh, a little bit. Kirsten, uh, Kirsten, oh, it's been what a- you got uh, that you want to promote. Uh, yeah. Um, if you guys, uh, if you like listening to podcasts, if you're listening to this one in your ear holes right now, and you like listening to podcasts specifically about movies, uh, come on, check us out over at uh, the good trash media network, um, over there in the feed of the good trash genre cast, which is a film podcast that is dedicated to, uh, talking in a a scholastic manner about movies that will never show up on your film syllabus. Um, 
And uh, within that feed is a podcast that I do with my very dear friend, Aaron DeMoss, uh, called Twilight, where two women who are well beyond uh, their teens discuss a franchise that was made for teen girls. Talk about how <laughs> gorgeous Robert Pattinson is, etc. <laughs> awesome. Those are movies. I, I tried watching the first Twilight movie. I got to the baseball scene. And I was like, I don't, man, I don't know if I can. <laughs> <sighs> I That's fair. Know. Totally yeah. fair. I think that they are fun. And I think that a lot of the uh, hate that they get thrown at them is largely because people uh, don't care about things that teen girls like. Maybe. I think that's probably it. I, think it's just, <laughs> I know it has an audience and it's not me. Um, but what is uh, but what the effects are bad too. It, the first movie is Catherine Hardwick, which she's an interesting yes. filmmaker who's made cool stuff, but it yeah. just looks kind of sh- the effects look like shit. It's like, why didn't they just make it? I don't it? think that's her fault. No, it's not her fault. Yeah. But if the effects looked good, I, mean, I think we'd, just- we'd forgive a lot of there's shortcomings of that movie, you know? Sorry, uh-huh. I didn't mean to cut anybody off yeah. there, but... No, it's okay. I think yeah. that is a totally fair assessment. Uh, there's a lot of goofy choices made in, I'll say, all of those movies <laughs> uh, that just... Uh, you, it kind of leaves you with a lot of questions, but that being said, I don't know. I uh, I like what they did for sort of teen, teen filmmaking aesthetic uh, in the future, because, I mean, like, like them or not, they really did. They kind of altered the market and yeah. changed a lot of things. Well, do um, the movies match the tone of the novels while we got you here on the subject? <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll comment on this all day. Um <laughs> I would say yeah. Okay. I would I would say they pretty much uh they pretty much nailed that um on the head. Some of it's a little bit for for those movies being two hours long, you know, all of them hit the two hour mark at least. Um mm, indeed. And there's what uh five there's five of them, um, because they split up the last book into two parts. Uh for those movies all being over two hours long, the books are like huge. Yeah. This is an auditory medium. My my fingers are several inches apart. I am demonstrating the <laughs> thickness of a Twilight book. Um, they, uh, they they there's a lot that has to get sort of cut and parsed out, and it suffers a little bit from the whole like Stephen King thing of like so much of it takes place in a character's head in like a narrator's mm. head, yeah, and it just doesn't translate that well to film a lot of it, and that's okay. Yeah. For, again, it's it's made for an audience that is not me, but I do get like really strong kind of like Mormon energy from that from those books. <laughs> Definitely, well, I mean, I'm sure you know Stephanie Meyer, yeah, very Mormon. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and, and it's the same thing that's keeping me away from like Brandon Sanderson novels. It's just again that Mormon. It's energy. not just Mormon; it's also extremely horny. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Like, like, it's like very like repressed, like. It's it's weird, and it's weird to do that through a teenage narrative. But mm. here we are. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sure I will get through those at some point. I will just have to because um, now that I'm almost forty, I'm reading for the first time in my life. And wow, I <laughs> yeah, I just, I never read as a kid, so I'm like reading a ton of shit, and I'm like, well, I'm, I might as well read all these young adult novels that I never got through just so I know the. I 
like young adult novels. I think they catch a lot of flack for not being like real literature, but it's just like, I don't know if Michael Crichton is real literature, like why this YA schlock that's oh, yeah. about like, you know, teens going off to magical boarding schools and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, most definitely. I don't, um, I don't know, whatever. I don't need to, I don't need to interject <laughs> at all. I have, a, a, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I think that well, anyway, just about wraps it up for this. Well, yeah. Week. Oh wait, but she was uh, still plugging. We got on a big tangent. She was plugging about her Twilight thing, her Twilight. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come listen to us ramble about Twilight. <laughs> uh, we talk about all the movies. We're we're all <laughs> we and one guest are all trying to read Midnight Sun right now, which is the. Um, Oh, I see you're an, an indoctrinated. Um, so Stephanie Meyer wrote the first Twilight book uh-huh. from Edward's perspective. So it's like it's it's like a remix. Like <laughs> she she just published it. It just came out like a month ago, uh, as of this podcast recording. Oh. Bold. So, yeah, very Cash bold. Grab. Well, she wrote it. She wrote it initially like ten years ago, and then part of it leaked. Hmm. Um, and so she like freaked out and was like, it's never going to see the light of day. I'm never publishing it now. Cause I'm so mad that this happened. Yeah. And then surprise, she released it in the middle of a global pandemic. So better to do that now than like f- before you die, like to kill a mockingbird, you know, like oh, the God. sequel uh, to the, the watchman or whatever. I can't remember what the fuck that, uh, it's not called set a watchman, go set a watchman. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the watchman. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's a different thing go check yeah. out that podcast i'm sorry i'm i'm punchy today derailing everything i had a wild weekend that we'll i'll mention off mic maybe but not for the pod <laughs> um cool uh i'm ready anything yeah. you want to you want to plug uh, uh chat pile you can find that stuff online uh and black lives matter wear a mask and be safe and don't be a fucking dickhead you know but right <laughs> do the right thing in the voting booth and on the streets all right anyway cool uh yeah with me like always um uh check out my other shows Septoc documentary reviews um the day after they were recording this, uh, we're, we got director Tyler Norwood talking about Robin's Wish, his new documentary about Robin Williams that he uh, did in conjunction with Robin's Widow. Um, so that is coming out early September, and we got just an interview with the director. Nice. Uh, Nerd Rage, The Great Debates, which is starting season four. Uh, we have at least one Twilight episode in that, <laughs> in our 100-plus episodes that we've done. <laughs> Um, we've, oh, I think, oh God, I think episode one in season four is teenage vampires. So I think we're kicking it off with, uh, with twilight. Nice. Um, teenage so, vampires. Uh, check that out. <laughs> check that out wherever you find podcasts. Um, and then am I missing one? No, it's this one. Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I think we're going to finally eventually wrap it up. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Kirsten, it was great to have you on. Uh, for I had Sunday. a blast. Uh, thank you for bringing us this movie. Yes. Randy, glad you had fun this weekend. Yeah. We'll hear about it in a B- few minutes. Big W. Uh, everyone else, <laughs> we'll be back next week with another movie. Hell yeah. Bye, guys. Ooh.